millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, with me in the studio, Saab Johel, to talk about well, sibling pecking order, really. Saab, where are you in the family pecking order? I am firstborn oldest, eldest male on the uh, grandchild as well, of the grandchildren as well. So, yeah, all on me. Well, there's a lot of interest, of course, in the birth order. So let's let's dissect this, shall we? So as the eldest, what would we expect of you? Well, um, the, you know, these are real generalities here. You know, we have blended families, we have adoptions, we have multiple births, we have different parents. So all of this kind of plays into it. But there do seem to be some sort of trends that emerge. You know, and partly it's because, you know, when you're the firstborn, your, t- your parents are really nervous. Your parents have never done this before. So they're paying extra special attention to everything that you do. They're, you know, making sure they're creeping in to see if you're still breathing at night when you've gone quiet, really careful about your food. So you're getting all this attention. And, you know, some of the estimates are that firstborns can get something like 3,000 extra hours between the years of four and 12 because they were the firstborn. So that's a lot of attention. And so what you end up with is that you end up with firstborns who are responsible, often they're perceived of as leaders. On the downside of that, they can often be perceived as, as a little bit controlling. Um, you know, they have, you know, often they have this kind of like babysitting responsibility when, when younger children come along. So, you know, often the way that they'll do that is by kind of like trying to establish dominance. Being bossy. You know. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it goes back 100 years. If you think about people like... Um, there's an Austrian psychiatrist called Alfred Adler, and he, he perceived it as this idea of being dethroned by the second child that comes along. And you know, But if you think about it in kind of like, um, different ways, more, more, more recently we think about it as a system. You know, a family is a system, and when a child comes along, all the relationships within that system have to shift. And so one of the things that you find is that often that children that come along later on have to find their place in the family. And, and of course, if you're firstborn, you get to pick. Uh, you get to choose what it is that you want to do. So, you know, some of the good things about that is that, you know, they often, they strive to help, they protect others, they, they strive to please. And the downside of that is often they can be a little bit um, perfectionistic. You know, and often they can be a little bit more reluctant to perhaps try new things compared to, to later born children. You use that word dethroned, which is interesting, because I think all the middle children I know, including those in my own family, feel rather bitter about being in the middle. <laughs> they look at the elders and they look at the youngest and they're going, harumph, I'm in the middle. So what are the characteristics of, of course, just a middle child, middle children? What would we expect from them? Yeah, OK. So let's think about it from the kind of like the family system point of view to start off with. So you've got parents who have had their firstborn, they have other children come along, they probably be a little less nervous about that, probably be a little less watchful, so you know they perhaps get a bit more freedom. But at the same time, they have to try and figure out their place within the family system, and they know that some of those roles are taken. So they kind of perhaps get less attention, maybe less discipline as well compared to the first one, but they also have to try and battle their way and figure out what, what their relationship with uh, the firstborn is going to be. And often that's a, a lovely relationship. You know, firstborns may take the lead and be like, oh, well, I'll teach you a few things here. And they think that actually that may be what underlies why firstborns tend to have score slightly higher on intelligence as well. 
result is because they're rehearsing that stuff with the, with the later born children. The later born children, the middle children, tend to be higher in things like understanding and uh, compromise. You know, often they're the ones that kind of have to uh, give and take a little bit more within life. And they carry that through forwards into their older life and many times. Often they can handle disappointments better as well. You know, often they may not get to do things uh, for as much time as perhaps a firstborn might have done because there's more children to kind of balance, particularly if there's there's more than two two children in there. Um, But they also have better negotiating skills. Um, because they're used to, and right from the very start, they're used to having to kind of give and take and figure out what's the way that I'm going to be able to get what I want without upsetting everybody else in the system as well. Okay, well, this is where I'm interested. I am, I declare it the youngest child. I'm happy to be the youngest child. <laughs> but what? analyse the youngest in <laughs> so, the family. I won't take offence. Okay, all right. I don't Big know, this bossy, co- older. I know there might be a few listening too. Um all right, so younger younger spawn children. Okay, so um, it's interesting what you said though. You know, often you don't know you're the youngest until later on. So you you know, often these things perhaps don't take formation until a little bit later on. Later on, they're definitely competing for attention compared to firstborn and, and children that have come before them. But the parents also might be a little bit more lax, a bit more lenient um, in terms of attention, in terms of discipline, um, but also in terms of structure as well. So often um, they have to figure out how it is that they're going to get the attention that they crave and desire within this family system. So often you can find that they quickly learn how to be quite charming, how to be quite likable, how to get oh, things. Oh, that's a really nice thing for you to say. So, <laughs> so quite Thank outgoing, you. loving to make people laugh uh, and, and quite persistent as well often they may have to kind of uh, persevere but on the downside of that is that um, typically they may have had less responsibility in that family they don't get into that kind of like caring role looking after people they tend to be the ones that looked after and they may be looked after and so they might carry that over into their adult roles as well Um, and they don't tend to attract sort of responsibility experiences either so they might struggle a little bit if they enter into those roles Um, they also perhaps feel like they have to work harder uh, to get attention from people. So you can, um, you know, they, they, they can be a little extroverted. bit extroverted mm-hmm. um, to the point of attention not, seeking a, a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and to the point of perhaps not um, the feedback that they need to get is at a higher level than perhaps for other people in order for them to feel satisfied. Well, we're looking at those kind of psychological um, traits, but what about physically? There's some interesting research here about body mass index. Yeah, research. there's some really interesting stuff that's come out recently around um, children who um, have a sibling born when they are somewhere between 24 and 54 months old. So this kind of critical period where eating habits kind of tend to be established. Um, They seem to have a lower BMI trajectory and lower BMI at any particular point in time during their older childhood than those that don't have a a child born in that time. And we don't really know why that is. There's a, a few ideas around that. It may be that there's an idea around restrictive fruit food practices. So the idea that um, you quite kind of quite careful and controlling over what that child is going to have to eat until a second child comes along. And then all that changes because they don't have the time. The parents don't have the time to monitor it quite so carefully. Or um, 
they may be those parents might be worried for some reason. Perhaps the child is a little bit bigger uh, than perhaps they would like them to be, or they've been told or had a conversation about the doctor around how they're tracking, or they've noticed that they overeat, which is you know perfectly normal for, uh, for for kids that are going through growth spurts. Often they will eat quite a lot, but but parents can kind of try to influence that through restrictive food practices. What it seems to be is that when another child comes away, that seems to fall off a bit. We don't know if that's responsible or not. The other way that that might be responsible um, uh, is um, when a younger child comes along, the older child tends to perhaps take a lead in play. So they end up being more active together than that one child being alone by themselves for a longer period of time during the day. So they think that actually the way that the metabolism works and is triggered and is activated by having another child, that also may be responsible for that change in BMI trajectory. So it's just quite interesting. Well, some questions for you. This one from a listener saying, um, my daughter is nine years old and we're expecting our second child in December. Congratulations. Would this nine-year gap make both my children, raising them more like single children in terms of sibling ranking? It's hard to, hard to say. Um, often, I mean, I, they probably won't be competing quite so much for your attention in the same way. Um, so, But your older child may need quite structured attention in terms of things like you know what's going on at school um, the sorts of transitions that that nine year old is going to go through over the next three or four years as they change school as they go through puberty adolescence it's a different kind of attention to the younger child and often you know they may you might find that they're not going to play so well together because of the big age difference and so you may end up having to kind of parent quite differently than if they were in a, a smaller age group at the same time smaller smaller gap I mean but at the same time, um, you know, the older child may react quite um, quite well to the additional responsibility of, of being able to step into a caregiving role. Um, but at the same time, you don't know. It may be that they um, don't appreciate the uh, ability or the request to lose some of their time. Well, babies require a lot of attention. And they just do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember when... Um, when I, I think I was five years old when my daughter, uh, when my daughter, when my sister was born, uh, and I remember um, firstly saying, "Can you please give it back?" Uh, and then secondly, um, kind of really, really getting into spending time with my with my sister because I think I realised fairly early on that there was no alternative, and the only way for me to get attention was to be with my sister because all the attention seems to be going on her. So kids figure this out fairly quickly in terms of how it is that they get attention. One of the things to watch out for, though, is that firstborns, they, they tend to go the conforming route. If the conforming route doesn't work, then they can go quite rebellious in order to get the attention that they want. So my advice would be to just to make sure that you do carve out time for your nine-year-old to have some solo time, which is what they're used to, um, because what you want to do is to really reward that behaviour uh, and reward with that attention rather than giving attention for behaviour that may occur because they feel like they're not getting the attention that they want. It's another interesting one. Our listeners are guaranteed to throw in some curly <laughs> ones. Jenny says, uh, look, please ask about twins. Our family is one girl and then we have uh, twins, boy and girl twins. So is that two youngest children and one oldest child? I don't know. How does it work on the rankings and can you give them some advice? 
Yeah, it's it's hard to know. I'm not aware of anything um, off the top of my head that speaks to that. But what you'll find is that relationship bet- between the twins is going to be very strong, of course. But often the older child will act as perhaps a little bit of an addition or a, diffuse, a diffuser of uh, anything that occurs that isn't going so well. But again, the same, same thing applies as to the previous conversation is making sure that that older child gets the attention uh, as w- for them as an individual, as well as being part of this trio of children that you you now have. So yeah, just making sure that you're rewarding that um, the behaviour that you see uh, at, with the good attention rather than bad attention for stuff that might get acted out if they don't feel like they're they're getting the attention that they deserve and have been used to. So many twins. We're getting lots of requests for twins. So thanks for covering that off. Another listener says, I have three children, a nine-year gap and an eight-year gap. Yep, they're like three only children. That is a sizable gap, isn't it? They'll be besties when they're older. Our family is a little bit like that um, too. Uh, what are some of the, the, the advice that you can um, give? If you have a child, maybe say you've got three children and for whatever reason the middle child is feeling a bit neglected or something like that. I mean, how can you give equal attention and make every child feel appreciated and and values. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about middle children is that often they'll go outside of the family system um, to get the support that they need um, because they find themselves you know, a little bit like the attention is lacking. So they tend to be quite good at making friends and they tend to form intimate circles of friends that kind of represent the extended family that they would kind of choose to have. Um, so they tend to be quite good at making friends, but also keeping friends as well. Their relationship skills tend to be quite good compared to, um, you know, and again, generalizing, compared to older and, and the younger ones. So, And that goes back to their kind of negotiating skills as well. Uh, and they can also handle dis- disappointments and fractures in those relationships and can heal them better as well. Um, so... Yeah, um, I would say, yes, there may be phases where it isn't going so well within families, but don't forget to look outside the system as well, making sure that they can draw upon the support, the attention and the friendship that, that they crave as well. Only children. Only children, As well, all yeah. sorts of pressures on only children. Yeah, I mean, um, parents take their only child very seriously. You know, this is the one child that they have, so they pour a lot of effort and investment in there, and they tend to be very conscious and, and deliberate in, in, their, in their parenting. Um, but that child can then become, you know, quite um, adultized in terms of, you know, quite socially and verbally precocious if they're not getting a lot of exposure to other children. They also tend to be well-organized, maybe a little bit perfectionistic, um, in that they perhaps can take criticism really, really to heart, um, and could be quite overly self-critical as well. You, know, you see this in firstborns too. But you see a lot of the youngest born um, um, sort of tendencies as well in only children. Um, they they can be quite um, creative. They can be quite um, uh, expressive in their nature. But they also perhaps prefer a family of a few close friends as well. And they feel often very strongly attached to their parents um, and they feel that burden of responsibility, that of protection, of, of caring as well. And, you know, and often that can be a bit of a struggle for only children, but also their parents too. It's interesting. Any research around a lack of speech clarity and stuttering in a third child? My third daughter says this listener has to um, compete with two older sisters to talk. And I feel that some of her speech challenges may stem for this. That can happen sometimes that you allow your siblings to speak for you. 
Yes, that's right. And, you know, often you will see this in other behaviours as well. Often the older child will go and reach out for something. So, uh, or they'll go and bring something for the youngest child. So you can see that their developmental milestones might be slightly slower because they, they don't need to. Uh, so they might walk a bit slower. They might stand up a bit slower. And similarly with speech, you know, often, you know, if another child is filling in for them or they're communicating other ways, then you can see that uh, a little bit slower. But the good news is that most often that seems to catch up of its own accord. And indeed, you know, when we're looking at middle children or later children, often what we see is that um, by the age of about 12, 13, they can start to overtake the firstborn in the areas of life that that firstborn hasn't really perhaps invested so much in. So you can see that, you know, perhaps in arts and sports and other other things of, you know, what makes a good life, you can see that the latter-born children uh, perhaps um, start to excel uh, and become the, uh, you know, the the flag bearers for the for the family. This one, I had three daughters. Our twins were born when our eldest was only two and three months, and we really struggled with the dynamic of the three. My elder daughter feels on the outer and wishes that she was a twin. It's a tricky dynamic. You can just picture that, can't you? Yes, yeah, you, you can. And so thinking about, well, how do we include um, and, and make sure that that older child gets the special attention that they deserve? And, you know, you might designate a, an afternoon if you're in a position where you're able to in terms of managing your time, where you devote special attention to that child, that perhaps has now found themselves in this system in this situation where things have changed drastically for them so that they feel still special and they get the time as well as those younger children who of course are going to need the extra time particularly in those younger years thank you so much sub great to talk to you sub johal normally being a little extra might be a bit much but not when it comes to healthcare that's why united healthcare's health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs learn more at uh1.com